welcome to the Everybody Podcast. Here, we'll dive into all things health and mindset to help you learn to push past your limits into a life you can be obsessed with. My name is Cassie, and I'm a personal trainer and health coach focused on guiding you toward being your healthiest, happiest self. So buckle up and let's dive in. Okay, welcome back, everybody. This is Cassie, your host of Everybody Health and Mindset podcast. And this podcast has taken a little different turn from the initial plans that I had for this week. And that is mostly because of the ruling that came down from the Supreme Court in the United States on Friday um, to reverse the Roe versus Wade. Um, And for those of you that maybe don't know or need a little refresher, um, Roe versus Wade was ruled in 1973 as a landmark decision of the United States Supreme Court in which the court ruled that the Constitution of the United States generally protects a pregnant woman's liberty to choose to have an abortion. And this ruling or decision was reversed um, this last Friday on June 24th, 2022. And because this happened, um, I had a lot of different feelings when this happened. And thankfully, I have a lot of resources in my life and people that I know um, that could help me and I thought could possibly help you depending on how you are feeling with what is happening. So with me today, I have a friend of mine. Her name is Charlie Shanover. She's a doctoral candidate of psychology, an MSED, and an MPhilED. So thanks for being here, Charlie. You're welcome. Um, Charlie is here today uh, to help us talk about processing our feelings. And so what I thought we would start with today is me sharing with you guys and with Charlie kind of how I've been feeling over the last couple of days and possibly having Charlie talk about how she's been feeling over the last couple of days and then have a discussion just kind of about how we can process and feel our feelings, but maybe in a way that is um, healthy or constructive for ourselves. So that's what we are going to do today. Um, So when this decision first came, um, I was actually at work, and the person that I was training pointed to the TV, also happened to be a woman, um, and we kind of just stood there and talked about how we were mostly in disbelief of what was happening. Like, we knew it was a, I guess, a chance or there, but we really didn't think that that decision would ever be made. And then I think that because I was working, I kind of didn't think about it for a while. And as soon as I was done working, I felt like all the emotions. And so first, just starting with that, maybe we can talk about that a little bit about how maybe when that first happens, how maybe you don't feel much or you, or you don't feel maybe too bothered by it. And then once you actually have time to process how those feelings can come out or surface. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was probably like that for a lot of people, especially because it was in the middle of a work day or at the beginning of a work day. Um, you know, there's there's multiple reasons that that happens. Number one, it's just kind of an easy defense, right, that you have to be 
at work you have to be functional you can't allow yourself or even the thoughts in your mind of like oh I can't allow myself to break down right now um and also like you were talking about Cassie that disbelief I think that that I mean that resonates with me and I know it resonates with a lot of my friends and my my coworkers um at UWM of just like what yeah <laughs> I mean there was no it was it it didn't feel real it felt like mm-hmm. a dream it didn't feel so I think it took a second for the reality of like the decision and the heaviness of the decision to set in for a lot of folks yeah yeah and then I know beyond that like as the afternoon went on I I feel like I felt obviously a combination of things and I'm sure a lot of people did too it was super triggering for me in a way of just feeling like unprotected or exposed Mm -hmm. or um just kind of like helpless right like when a law is made that literally can control like whether you live or die or or something like super life-changing I felt very very exposed and almost like a little bit of panic like not just what's happening now but what else is going to happen right like what's going to happen next what's going to be taken away next or what's you know those kinds of feelings what do you think about that I mean I I I think that that was my biggest fear at least like in in that moment and still I it was it was about the verdict, but then it immediately became about the precedent that this sets, because that's what the Constitu- like that's what the Supreme Court does, right? They set precedents for states to follow. And so granted, like, yes, there are going to be states here in America that allow abortions and that protect abortion rights. Um, but then there are states where now they are allowed to just crack down on kind of anything they want because they have this this path that's been paved for them. Um, and it's kind of like in other spaces, in other, you know, years when you have leaders that make certain things okay, then suddenly they become like rampantly okay. And the, the quickness with which states were able to ban abortion, Wisconsin, you cannot get a legal abortion right now. It took less than 24 hours Mm -hmm. from when the verdict was solidified for that to happen. And that's terrifying. I mean, it's terrifying. Yeah. And there were other states that had trigger laws in place so that as like the minute yep as soon as it that that ruling came down it was immediately illegal mm-hmm. and and i've heard a lot of stories about just really scary things that were happening in hospitals or in clinics during and around that time where you know women were really at risk because they were in the process of and or coming in with complications of pregnancy or or things like that. Um, And that's just really scary to think about that that could be any one of us, me, you, any any female you pass on the street right now. Um, And I think, you know, the the next thing I think that went through my mind was me, instead of worrying or feeling for myself, was worrying or feeling for other women, especially women, um, minorities, or people that maybe aren't as financially well off as myself, you know, if I were personally to find myself in that situation, I am in a place where I would have the resources, the connections, the friends, the ability to 
provide myself with the health care that I need, whether that be to travel to another state, go up to Canada, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever it would be. I'm fairly confident that while it would be a hassle, I would be able to care for myself. But there's a lot of women, a lot of women that I don't live far from that wouldn't or can't or don't have that opportunity. And so my feelings changed from me and myself and worrying about my own needs and immediately to, I guess, the greater... (laughs) you know, every other woman that isn't me, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I guess there was a lot of fear, a lot of anger, um, a lot of worry about the future. And um, I'm fairly certain that that probably is similar to most other people, other women, or maybe hopefully other men. (laughs) Um, or, or men that are, you know, um, that are in, in that frame of, of thinking as well, you know, husbands or boyfriends or fathers or, you know, whatever it is, um, that are probably feeling some of, some of these same worries or, or feelings for sure. At least should be. Right. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) For sure. Um, so I, thought I would bring you on here today because I'm sure that there are people that listen to this podcast that are feeling all different kinds of ways and because this is what you do and what you're finishing up school for um, I thought it would be awesome to bring you on as a resource to maybe talk through um, some processing some you know how to process some of these feelings um, maybe action steps to take um, reminders of how to care for ourselves, you know, anything that you can think of that you might think would be beneficial to someone who is listening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I guess I want to start off by just normalizing any reaction that anybody had. I think it's really easy to jump to judgment or to, um, I don't know, just being critical of the reactions that we did have and the emotions that we did have in the moment or feeling out of control or feeling like we weren't collected at work or, um, you know, things like that and and try and tell yourself to take a step back and engage in some of that self-compassion because you can't you can't plan for a reaction like that and you can't plan for a moment like that and no matter how much preparation you have for a traumatic event because that's what it was, it was a traumatic event, um, you're never going to, you know, have the perfect <laughs> reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think when I... I got a Snapchat from somebody that had, like, a picture of the of their computer screen and then the New York Times. Uh, and that's how I found out that it had happened. And I immediately went numb and, like, couldn't believe that it actually happened. And then before I knew it, I was just weeping. And I don't... I'm not a crier. Like, I'm not somebody who ever <laughs> does anything like that. And I'm not very uh, forthcoming with my emotions when it comes to, like, professional settings like especially at work and I found myself being very raw and unable to control that um and I also think that like I had a lot of anger and wanting people to know that I was upset yeah right especially I think especially men like I I Mm -hmm. felt this need to be raw and open and public because people know me as being very calm and cool and collected and I felt like it was important for 
those folks to know that, like, no, I'm not okay, and that's how big this is. Right. Um, the fact that I'm not okay means that this is a problem. Um, and so I did, but I did find myself going through, like, a lot of steps to keep myself grounded, and I think that that is my number one coping mechanism when it comes to triggering events, uh, especially it's something that I've been kind of practicing every you know, these past few mornings since of, like, grounding in the morning before I go into public or into work or into a space where I might be triggered. And so there's a million different ways to do that, and everybody has their own kind of... uh, Everyone has, like, a sensation or, like, a a feeling that is going to be more grounding for them than others. So for some people, it's, like, your senses, right? Like, get the sense Mm -hmm. of touch or sense of smell, um... Some For some people, it's going through all five senses and bringing yourself back, like, really into the present. Uh, especially when we're feeling triggered, it's very easy to, like, rush way ahead into the future. Oh, my God, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. The what-ifs, and that can spiral into feeling very out of control because there is no way to control the future, right? right. Or taking steps back of, like, okay, this reminds me of my past and I can't. Uh, and I can't be in the present moment now. I'm just stuck in, in, in where I was three years ago or where I was when this happened. Um, and so taking the time to either do kind of like a body scan, a body check, where you go through you know each body part physically, feel it physically, like focus in on that sensation, um, or even going through just your five senses, noticing the things around you, noticing one thing that you feel, one thing that you smell, one thing that you can hear, um, one thing that you can taste, you know, I usually recommend to clients, especially if they know they're going to be in triggering situations, to have something like candy or gum in their pockets or easily accessible to them at any time because it can pull you back, right? Because it's an immediate sensation. Uh, so I've, that's that's what I've been doing just to prep myself. Um, I'm a very action-oriented person, and so, like you were saying, Cassie, that sense of being helpless and feeling like I couldn't do anything, I immediately turned into know what can I do um so I think that like my social media in this in this sense like sometimes social media can be pretty toxic but in this moment in time you know it was giving me a lot of resources a lot of people posting okay so you can't get an abortion in Wisconsin what can you do right what does this law actually mean in your state Mm -hmm. um having those resources on hand for myself having those resources easily on hand for other people because a lot of folks were coming to me going I don't know what to do, what do I need, how do I protect myself. Um, Knowing, educating yourself on what the law means, on what the verdict means, because it's not a law. Like, And I think that that's something we all have to take a step back and remember, is that they did not make an overarching law in the United States, right? What they did is they now have left it up to the states to make the decision. So there isn't this overarching, like, and I had to remind myself of that, because I went, oh my God, we're screwed. (laughs) Every (laughs) single woman is screwed. And then I had to go wait. Okay, let me, for my own sanity, right, make a list of the states where I could go so that I have an action plan. Make a list of the states that aren't going to come after my birth control where I could go get it and bring it back. Right. Make a list of the states that I can refer clients to, that I can refer friends to. Mm -hmm. Um, Make a list of organizations in Wisconsin that are actively helping women, right? Because even though you can't get an abortion in Wisconsin right now, there are groups and... uh, like institutions that are going okay but here are the resources on how to do it because Illinois is really close right right Illinois isn't far away and it's an it's an an easy access point for those people who need it 
Yeah, so those action points, I think, were something that allowed me to feel like I had some control. Um, And that is probably my third suggestion is when big things like this happen, it's really easy to feel completely out of control and like you have nothing um, or no control in the situation. And so to pull back for a second, like when you're feeling triggered or even when you're not triggered, right, but kind of to set yourself up for those moments, to prep for those moments of like, what do I have control over right now? Okay, so in the state of Wisconsin, birth control isn't illegal. Um, contraception isn't illegal, right? So if you're somebody who feels like they need to have a go bag, right? Um, insurance covers Plan B. You can mm-hmm. get a prescription for Plan B. There are lots of places where you can go and buy some, right? Have a few, right. have five of them, if that makes you feel better. Yeah. Um, you know, set your birth control up on a... Uh, can't think of what it's called. Like I can, I can choose to get mine well, like six months at a time, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So that like mm-hmm. I have, they're just in my possession. Nobody right. can take them from me. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that, where I can go, okay, at least I'm set for this amount of time. I have control in this space. I have control in this way. These are the things that I can do, and that allows me to like pull back and then refocus on the things that I need to do today. That kind of unfortunately have nothing to do with this verdict of like, okay, I do have to go to work and I do have to sit with people and I do have to process other things with people. And so I can't be somewhere else in those moments. So doing those things allow me to stay present with like my clients and with my students and uh, even just with like my peers. Um, Right. And that's an important point is, you know, we all probably felt a little like panic and like, oh my gosh, I can't possibly do this. But it is really important to stay present and mm-hmm. stay, like, continue living your life, right? Like, finding ways to process and, like you say, like, take action and figure out what you can control. But staying present in your actual life is a really important piece of staying in control and thinking of thinking of staying present as like if you're someone who's an activist if you're someone who wants to protest like remaining present and not letting this knock you down is a protest right right? and that is that is activism of like not allowing this to completely shut you down and make you numb the way that they want it to right you know and and not being afraid and not that your fear isn't valid i mean i'm terrified but like not being afraid to feel the feelings that you're going to feel and to keep pushing forward and to keep moving forward the way that is going to make you feel best and you feel safe and not feeling any guilt in that like doing what you need to do to remain present and to be here and functional the way that is like best for you and then giving yourself the space to go okay right now I can't be functional and I need to like take 10 minutes during my day to cry in the closet and then come back out and that's okay like there's no judgment in that either um not judging your reactions to people for the next few days of like, like I snapped at a coworker the other day and was it because of the verdict? Absolutely. But I'm not going to judge myself in that moment. I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to apologize for the way I spoke to them, but not for how I was feeling because the way I was feeling was valid and and the trigger was valid. So, um, just remaining like, you know, your own champion, your own soldier, like your own constant source of compassion through this, especially as, it is a heavy topic, and, and there are people that aren't going to support you, and so being your right. own validator can be huge. Yeah. Yeah, I think another thing that um, you said social media can be, you know, a good thing sometimes. I think another thing that social media did for me during this time was, like, validated that I wasn't alone, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. you can 
you can scroll social all day and kind of blow past people and not really pay attention and, and whatever. It's, it's mindless. But I felt like my scrolling seemed very mindful and I was actually recognizing all of the like allies that are mm-hmm. there, all of the people that, mm-hmm. um, and surprisingly, even people that I didn't think would be an ally right, or would or would speak out e- even if they were right mm-hmm. um and so it kind of made me feel a little less alone knowing that there are a lot of people out there that are that are feeling the same way and that I think generally I'm not in the minority right now well that's the thing about this whole verdict is that two-thirds of the country doesn't agree with this. The majority does not agree with what just happened. Right. Um, And I do think that that's also really important to remember when you are feeling alone is that this is not a majority decision. It was a group of people who do not represent this country, right, who were put in a position of power without any sort of election, um, without any sort of choice other than, you know, that the president at the time wanted them to be there. So that it isn't the way that the world feels, it isn't the way that the United States generally feels, and, you know, resonating in that, right? Like, that you you probably aren't surrounded by folks that think that this is okay. Because um, I went, that's exactly where I went. I was like, oh, my God, the whole world is out to get me, mm-hmm. right? The whole world is out to get women. And I had to take a step back and go, no, <laughs> this group of men <laughs> is right. out for right. us, not that. Yeah, and there are plenty plenty of people like you said I think that are that are not not for this right and people that aren't supporting this mm-hmm. um, and kind of looking for those for those people can help you feel a little more normal <laughs> in yeah. a time where we don't feel very normal you know yeah and I think that too like even even allowing the people around you in um, can be really helpful as well, especially, you know, for example, like I, when I was with my clients yesterday, I just, without getting too explicit about, you know, my exact feelings or my exact reactions went just so, you know, I'm a little raw today. Right. And, but allowing them to know that so that like they didn't internalize it as something that they had done, Mm -hmm. um, or like my friend groups or, you know, your significant others of just allowing them into your emotional experience enough so that, you know, they can, they can understand and they can take care and they can move accordingly, um, without, you know, any sense of like judgment or, or fear of having a reaction that puts somebody off. Right. Yeah. And I think that sometimes is hard to do. I know for me personally, uh, bless my husband, but I, I have a really hard time opening up about anything, even things that I already know that he knows, I still can be very closed off or, you know, come off as angry or upset with him when I'm really not Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. It's just that, like, I don't know, it's like a protective mechanism or something. Like, I just don't want to admit that I don't feel strong right now, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that's, it's hard to do that. It really is. It's super hard. And I think that that's especially for women specifically and then also women who have you know, various experiences or various roles, right? Um, That is the general defense mechanism, and it is the expectation of, like, I don't want to appear as crazy because Mm -hmm. that's what society thinks I am, so I need to appear completely fine. 
right. and completely fine can come off really cold or it can come off very standoffish is a word that I have heard about sure. myself a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but really it's just me trying to just keep that that facade up of like, no, everything is fine. I am fine. I am functional. Right. Um, especially amidst, you know, this tornado of emotions. Yeah. Um, talk to me a little bit about exercise and mm. um, managing these emotions because I know you and I had a similar reaction. I had already worked out that morning and I'm not like an evening exerciser like at all. And found myself coming back to the gym even after a long day of work, even after, you know, taking care of stuff at home, working with clients, you know, all of those things, I felt drawn to like, I needed to completely exhaust myself, mm-hmm. like to the point where, like, I went until I like could not physically go anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really brought out, I mean, it brought out tears really is what mm-hmm. it did. Like it, it allowed me the opportunity to finally like let out how I was feeling um talk to me a little bit about that I mean exercise is like the greatest gift for at least for me um there's nothing quite like it scientifically either right because there are very few things where you can get an emotional release and then also have like the physiological changes in your body like the release of dopamine um the release of serotonin like having all of those hormones and endorphins like pulsing through your body allowing you to feel differently than maybe like talk therapy or like processing verbally can do um and I think it's kind of a double-edged sword for those for for those folks who exercise is their general coping mechanism like you and I um it can get to a point where you're like okay I've worked out four times today I cannot I should not it is unhealthy (laughs) like I worked out three times on Friday Mm -hmm. and I had I even had a trainer text me like a a co-worker text me as I was working out again and they went are you actually doing this and I said I cannot I need to I I, I physically need to do this and um but also that was a good check for me of like okay you can't run three times a day you can't lift three times a day you can't you know so like if physical activity is something that does ground you right or is a space where you can feel Mm -hmm. fully present and open and raw um because it's the same thing for me cassie like i just wept and i ran you know that's just how it it happened Mm -hmm. but knowing knowing your body enough and knowing your mind enough of like when you need to stop um and or i think and is better knowing, okay, so if I'm feeling this need, right, I'm feeling this need to cope, my coping mechanism is working out, I've already done a really intense workout today, what is a workout or a physical something I can do that will release me the same way that isn't going to put, like, my body in danger? Right. Um, So, like, I had done, I, like, ran and I lifted, and then I was like, okay, well, I didn't do any core today. Sure. And I can do some core, and it's not going to fatigue the muscles that I already fatigued. Right. And it's not going to throw me into another cardio mm-hmm. level. Like, I'm not going to hit a cardio peak here, so that's, you know, fine sure. that way. It's not a huge calorie burner. I'm not going to put myself in danger right. that way. Um, so finding things, but but it was still intense, right? I still sure. got that release. I still felt the burn that I needed to feel to, like, right. you know, be okay. Um, and so just really checking in. I mean, grounding can really help with that, of checking back in with your body and going, okay, can my body do this right now? Like, I know my brain needs it, but can my body physically do this right now? And 
if it can't, what is my backup, right? Going back to your sure. action plan or going back to your like go bag. What is the thing I can do that's going to keep me safe and keep my, my mind safe if I can't work out the right. way that I want to? Yeah, and then I think also using this as an opportunity if you're someone who doesn't exercise regularly yeah. and you are feeling a lot of pent-up energy, you know, not to say you need to, like, go join a gym and start throwing a bunch of weight around, but even something as simple as walking or riding a bike or something like that, especially those types of aerobic continuous types activity do serve as... Um, a grounding and mm-hmm. and mindful type activity that maybe can offer you um, a release or whatever it is that you need that maybe you haven't quite touched on yet. So offering that as a piece to you as well, if you're someone that isn't moving, mm-hmm. movement helps. <laughs> it and really movement, can help. Movement allows you to, like psychologically as well, there's a lot of research right. on like the impact of movement just generally. Mm-hmm. Um, there's even specific trauma therapies that are based in things similar to like yoga right. um, or kind of like you, what you were talking about, that steady state mm-hmm. exercise. Because mm-hmm. um, it can allow you to, to be in an emotional space that you can't fully access outside of that. Right. And something as simple as if it's safe for you to walk, you know, mm-hmm. where you are, whether it's temperature-wise, neighborhood-wise, whatever, awesome. Um, but, you know, also YouTube has a million mm-hmm. beginner mm-hmm. yoga videos, mm-hmm. stretching videos, mindfulness videos, breathing mm-hmm. exercises, right? Like, we all have everything at our fingertips now. And so if you're needing something and you haven't been able to figure out what that is yet you know, exploring some of those options that are safe for you and your body can really be helpful Mm -hmm. during, during processing times like this, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So just to recap, kind of Charlie gave us like three steps that we can take. So one was grounding, right? So um, finding that uh, sensation that works for you, taste, touch, smell, whatever it is, um, figuring out some action steps that you can take. Um, because most of us, the first thing we want to do is do something. We don't want to do nothing. So figuring out what those action steps could be. Um, and then figuring out what we can control and making sure that we are keeping track of those controllables because that is important for keeping us present and functioning in life because it is okay for things to set you back a little bit like we said you know if you need to take 10 minutes and cry in a closet go do it but (laughs) um to completely release uh your function or your activities of of daily living you know the things you need to do to continue living and surviving and thriving right because it doesn't do anyone any good for you to spend days where you're down and out and not functioning um so you know, being allowed to feel, but then also keeping yourself present and functioning is, is really important for sure. And then just allowing yourself, like continuing to be your own validator, right? Validate the reactions you're having, validate the emotions you're having, you know, continuing to tell yourself that it's okay to be having all of those feelings, um, no matter what anybody else says, right? Your emotions and your reactions are yours and people can't take that away just because they don't agree with it right absolutely 
Um, so in the show notes today, I am going to put some links of resources if you're somebody that's finding yourself in this time needing resources, um, whether it is for your um, health care or maybe your mental health. Um, I'll get a few things in the show notes. So if you are listening to this, it gives you somewhere to go to um, to look and hopefully get whatever help it is that you need. But thank you so much for being here, Charlie. I really appreciate you doing this. Charlie and I were texting on Friday and she asked, how can I help or what can I do? So even amidst her chaos or whatever was going on with her, she offered to help me with whatever was going on with me. And my thought was, come on my podcast, come talk, like, (laughs) let's talk it out and then use our feelings and what we're learning and going through to hopefully help other people. So I appreciate you being here and doing this. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you soon. so much for listening. It means a lot to me that you are here. It would be amazing for you to share this episode on social media and tag me in it. Can't wait to be back next time. Talk soon.